Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Today we're discussing page 39 of Alien Hunger, and I come to you with a revelation. You may have perhaps thought that you had plumbed all the mysteries of Alien Hunger, that you had resolved all its secrets. Who is Jacob Prester? Louis Pasteur. Why does he own a copy of Action Comics number one? Probably because he ran into a copy of World's Fair Comics number two at the World's Fair in New York in 1940 or 1939, and he passed up the opportunity to buy it, and he's been kicking himself for decades, so he picked up Action Comics number one. Why is Louis Pasteur in Denver? Uh, no reason slash comic books. Why did Prince Ed want to kill us? It just seemed like the thing to do. So you may think that you, you fully understand this plot, but there are still secrets within it that we're going to get from the character descriptions here in the characters section. So let's start making our way through and see what emerges from the darkness of Alien Hunger's backstory. The first stat block we've got on this page is for Louis Pasteur, aka Jacob Prester. Only his stats are here because the story of his existence is told elsewhere in the book. Nothing really notable about his stat block, except for the fact that he has one dot of fame, which, I mean, you could interpret fame in a couple of ways, I guess, for a person who is like a historically famous, but one dot seems wrong no matter how you slice it. One dot of fame is, quote, known by a select subgroup of society in the city, e.g. among the elite. So like you have one dot of fame if you're like a popular, super high price interior decorator who's used by a lot of the wealthiest people in the city. And so when the richest people in the city see you, a lot of them know your face. That's one dot of fame. I feel like that's way more people in a city than people who would recognize Louis Pasteur's face. But it's also not limited to a city, and it's definitely way fewer people than would recognize the name Louis Pasteur. For the things you would use fame for, this seems wrong. Like, remember, Sir Bloodworth was able to roll fame to get Pasteur's neighbors to talk about what their weird beardy neighbor was like by just sort of, like, impressing them and seeming important. I can't imagine a scenario where Jacob Prester runs up to a situation, needs to take charge, and looks to a bystander and is like, it's all right, I'm Louis Pasteur. But anyway, the celebrity of Louis Pasteur aside, nothing really interesting going on with him. We're much more interested in Thaddeus, Louis Pasteur's adult vampire bully who's been tormenting him since, like, 1900 or something. This is where we learn what Thaddeus's deal is. Quote, Thaddeus was the arch enemy of Prester until he managed to destroy Prester through the agency of Edward. He is an old vampire of the sixth generation, created during the Roman age around the time of Christ, and is a being of immense, though subtle, power. So your boy was embraced 22 years into the common era, a very, very old vampire. If you count from his actual birthday and not when he became a vampire, he is over 2,000 years old. Quote, he is now quite insane by human standards, although less so by those of the kindred. His insanity takes the form of an obsession about preserving his own undead life by whatever means possible. Ah, the derangement every player tries to get. That well-known mental illness where you do whatever you have to do to survive. Obviously, this guy needs therapy. However, in the book's defense, it does get weirder. Quote, one facet of his madness is his dread that Roman gods he sacrificed to as a mortal are tired of waiting for him and are beginning to seek out his life. He is terrified of this and seeks to pacify them however he may. For the last century, this has taken the form of sacrifices to the gods, each in turn with increasing frequency. The gods are getting impatient, or so he thinks. The source of these sacrifices 
is the herds of cattle near wherever his current lair is. That's right. It all goes back to the fucking cows. All those cows on the outskirts of Denver, not only are they a shitty all-night buffet for the undead of goth punk Denver, but also Thaddeus, the millennia-old Nosferatu elder, was able to set up shop here because in his deranged mind, he has to continually sacrifice cattle to the Roman gods to stave off his death. Now, if you look over at the other side of the page, you'll see that Louis Pasteur has an intelligence of five, but apparently not enough intelligence to realize that when you are being bullied around the world by a cow-obsessed madman who can only live where there are cows, you shouldn't move to Denver, Colorado. But somehow it worked out that way. And although Louis Pasteur is now dead, this peculiarity of Thaddeus's could continue to affect the campaign if Vampire Drama Club decides to go chase down Thaddeus for some reason, which this book seems to suggest they might do, although... It seems unlikely they're even going to find out that Thaddeus ever existed, but if it matters to them, if they try it, if they do chase him, then the question arises, where is he going to go, right? right? Like, where is his next destination after Denver? Quote, he is also firmly convinced that by searching out old places of power and learning their secrets, he can make himself safe from the attentions of those kindred who are his elders, and to this end, he travels the earth seeking out such places. So, Thaddeus is a world traveler. In the classic White Wolf tradition, He's jonesing for nodes. At his age, he just believes that he needs to find places of power of whatever description and learn their secrets and that this is going to protect him from other vampires. Meanwhile, though, he needs to protect himself from the gods by sacrificing loads of cattle. He's got a lot on his plate. What this means is that if you go chase down Thaddeus, it's going to be a globe hopping adventure, a la Carmen Sandiego, but every location is going to be a notable place of power, like a node or a cairn or whatever you want to call it, that is cattle adjacent. This is going to be a world tour of famous places where cows live, starting in Denver and ending presumably in a dramatic vampire chase through crowds of stray cattle in Nepal, which is like a higher level version of Denver, let's be honest. If you're looking for high elevation, mystical power, and cattle availability, you may think you've got it pretty good in Denver, Colorado, but undeniably Kathmandu is a step up. I know that Kathmandu is not as high up as Denver, Colorado. I'm talking about across all categories, total score. Leave me alone. Anyway, so this is what Thaddeus does. He roams the world seeking out places rich in cows and magical power. And, quote, it was during one such expedition in France that he learned of Pasteur and his research. Quote, Thaddeus's mania would allow no other course but the elimination of the threat Pasteur and his theoretical vaccine presented. (laughs) His theoretical vaccine. In this case, true. The vaccine is not real. Although Thaddeus does seem like an anti-vaxxer to me. I bet you years after Pasteur invented a cure for vampirism, this 2,000-year-old boomer motherfucker would be out there making documentaries about how Louis Pasteur and his crony, Fauci, are are pushing a false vaccine narrative for vampirism. Anyway, it goes on to say, Thaddeus didn't want to draw the attention of other vampires to Pasteur by killing him directly, right? I mean, an ancient insane vampire killing another vampire seems highly suspicious, a rare and notable event that people would no doubt investigate. So instead, Thaddeus just followed Louis Pasteur all over the world, subtly trying to ruin his life and or kill him indirectly, which I guess he felt would draw less attention. And then finally, in Denver, Thaddeus had the good fortune to find a city run by a prince who truly cares about nothing but playing dad rock. So when Thaddeus told him, like, this man, Louis Pasteur, he's a threat to you. And Prince Edward was like, fine, I'll kill him. I mean, if that ends the meeting, whatever. Now, the description of Thaddeus on this page ends, quote, Although the players are not likely to encounter Thaddeus since he has moved on after Prester's death, his statistics are presented for the sake of completeness and future stories. 
Thanks, book, but I don't think that's necessary. What we have here is a sixth generation, millennia old, vastly powerful vampire whose objectives have nothing to do with the player characters, who never intentionally did anything to them, isn't the one who embraced them, isn't the one who chose them for the embrace, isn't the one who persecuted them once they were embraced, never in fact knew about them at all and left town before they ever became vampires in the first place. This is based on disparity of power level, lack of involvement in the player character's story, and canonical distance in time and place from the story's events, you, you almost couldn't think of a character who is more thoroughly excluded from the events of this book than Thaddeus. Now, I will grant you, he is obsessed with this vampirism cure that Pasteur was working on. So if you should find out that the player characters somehow lucked their way into that safety deposit box and got access to this stuff, and even potentially used the cure the way that Monica did, then maybe Thaddeus would be interested and would come and try to investigate it's not clear to me how he would find that out, but it is conceivable he would come after the characters later, assuming that they still live in Denver or have moved to another cattle-rich location that can support Thaddeus's lifestyle. The dumbest thing on this page is simply the existence of Thaddeus. Thaddeus exists only to explain why Prince Edward killed Jacob Prester. He's only a plot device, a whole character, a 2,000-year-old vampire who exists in the story, complete with his obsession with the Roman gods his mass cattle sacrifices, his globe-hopping expedition to seek out mystical places of power, his paranoia. He had a relationship with Robert Klondike. It's described in the book, like Klondike was a ghoul who worked for Thaddeus for a while. We're going to learn more about that later in the section. All of that exists only so that there could be an evil vampire who shows up and tells the basically cool Prince Edward, according to this book, hey, you should kill Louis Pasteur. And, and, and that convinced Prince Edward to do it. That is his only function. This is an extremely Baroque solution to the problem of why does a vampire kill another vampire? How about option B, because they're vampires, because they're evil, murderous vampires. That could be why Prince Edward killed Louis Pasteur. You could have given Prince Ed a real motivation. It would have been greatly to the benefit of his character. So he's interested in something other than hanging out at his own shitty bar all night. And, and that would have made Thaddeus totally unnecessary. But instead, you got this, this weird toga-wearing, millennia-old, eccentric motherfucker existing in the background of the story and nowhere else, described on this page in a level of detail that I, I can't imagine any group of players would ever encounter. He's got a whole stat block here. Useless. Manipulation 7. The better to never encounter you with, my dear. So anyway, his very existence is the dumbest thing in this page, especially because there are certain characters who uh, we might have liked to hear more about and never did. Join me next time for that on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time.